Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Enger, and today with my beautiful co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. And today is episode 31, and we are going to discuss different ways to deal with contest uh, prep and regarding self-control, um, as well as breaking through plateaus. So when that ticker on the scale is stuck and won't budge, um, some of the things that you can look at to get you past that and get you through it, and then just some strategies on um, dealing with self-control. And when we talk about self-control, it's similar to like our muscles in the gym. When you work your muscles, they get fatigued, they get tired, and you can think of your self-control as something that you're constantly having to flex throughout the day, and it does get tired. And the, the physiological side of this is basically that your prefrontal cortex in your brain that is responsible for making decisions, um, it gets depleted of glucose. And with every decision, it depletes that self-control. Sleep deprivation is a huge factor in regards to this um, because when you're sleeping, that is when that resets. So most people experience trouble with making those decisions clearly at the end of the day, um, you know, throughout their workday, um, they have to make so many decisions and that if you think about it like a gas tank, that glucose and that prefrontal cortex just keeps depleting, depleting, depleting. And so that's why we have a lot of the, the, pa- the bad decisions uh, that hmm. occur at the end of the day because we're basically on an empty tank or like I call it the red zone for myself. Um, and so we're going to talk through some of the ways that you can prevent or help out your gas tank and maybe like refuel throughout the day. Um, so I've got a couple of just key things that can help you work through self-control. And the um, one would be doing small bursts of activity throughout the day. So if you're sitting at work and you're you're having to make tons of decisions, it's good to give your brain a break um, and sort of refuel and get away from the stimulus. So whether it be like leaving your phone um, at your desk and getting outside for like a five to 10 minute walk, clearing your mind, um, that actually will help um, mixing in those short bursts of activity. Um, And then another thing that you can do is basically chunking down big, um, big goals. And this looks like if you have a large long-term goal um, kind of setting little mini goals for that day can really prevent discouragement um, and that can really help with self-control as well Um, and then the last and final thing that I would suggest is just planning and executing um, ahead of time when you're refreshed after a good night's sleep while you're full and you're not hungry Um, So avoid that decision-making when you are fatigued. Um, 
it would probably wouldn't be a good idea to do like meal prep at night after a long day at work and you're totally exhausted um, because that's when those BLTs, those bites, licks, and tastes, those extra mm-hmm. calories um, can kind of come into play. And I know that you have some strategies, Chris, on how to plan and execute um, to set yourself up for success. And can you kind of give us some of the things that in the past when you were prepping for a show that um, you've kind of learned from and now some strategies that you implement that have really been helping with um, with self-control? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's super important to let people know too that when we talk about these like small little caloric um, like additions of like licking a spoon of peanut butter and stuff like that, um, they're we're talking about this in the context of a prep and especially when we're dieting close to a show and these little things do add up. Um, a lot of in the outside world, when you're not in, you're not doing a prep, um, this <laughs> looks like super crazy that you're like paying attention to all these little um, bites, licks and tastes of all these little things, but it does really make a difference. Um, and a lot of times it is the, factor in breaking through is your weight loss has stalled. So it's a good thing to take inventory of. Um, I know in the beginning when I was, um, you know, going through my first couple of preps, like I had no idea like how much these things added up and how much it made a difference. Um, and so I would just kind of like have the mentality of, well, if I eat a little bit extra, I'll just do a little extra cardio or I'll just work really hard in the gym or, you know, like, oh, I just had a, like a backup plan to make up for, you know, eating a little bit extra. Um, but I can tell you when I switched my mentality to be more consistent and to just get in the routine of, you know, these things are weighed, they're portioned. This is part of the process and the strategy for getting me to this long-term goal I just need to be consistent with that over time. Um, And then there's a difference between understanding that and then there's um, a difference between being able to have those habits already established and be able to follow through with it. So um, when you are like, I mean, last year I was able to kind of like just turn on a switch in my brain and like prep is easier for me. It's like I become a robot and I just, you know, here's the plan. I'm good at following instructions, steps one through 10, and I measure and track everything. Um, And, you know, I struggled with it in the beginning, but then I was able to kind of develop those habits in a prep. Now that I'm in a reverse, I find that this is where I'm struggling the most because this is where I have a, um, I don't have like a show like right around the corner in the near future. So I don't have this goal like coming up. Um, And I don't need to be as strict with my diet, but I also do need to um, be strategic in what I allow like in my world because I am a crazy sweets person. Like I love candy. I love cookies, ice cream, all that good stuff. So, um, Right now, I am able to do some untracked refeed meals, and that's where I have to implement some of these strategies. So you can implement this in your prep as well. But having pre-portioned packaged food 
actually makes a huge difference. So it's already like calculated out. It's already measured. One, it saves you on prep time. But two, it takes away from the like constant snacking of having a bigger bag of something. Um, I know like for my mom, she will buy like a big canister of like cashews for my dad, but she'll actually like portion out them in individual Ziploc bags because if she leaves that canister there, um, she knows that my dad will just grab handfuls of it and, and, or like snack throughout the day and all those things. Like, I mean, nuts are like calorically dense. So it just kind of takes away that like snacking habit. Um, can you give examples? I know you were mentioning that, um, you had a sweet tooth. What are some things that you need to do? Um, to still be able to enjoy some of those sweets, but in a controlled manner. Yeah. So like, I know based off of like my willpower and where I'm at right now, ice cream is my favorite thing in the entire world. And I can't have a half gallon of it in the house. Like I purposefully will not buy a serving size that big because I know that I will, I just will eat. I will eat all of it as much as I can. I'll just, rationale in my head is like it's a refeed like I can have as much as I want I don't have a show so I will buy like a pint because that will allow me to like have my serving and stop because there's nothing left and I even um will refuse to buy two pints like if I'm between flavors I need to pick a flavor that's my flavor for the week (laughs) (laughs) and that's what I'm gonna have in my refeed meal um sometimes it's just about like having options like if you don't have the option there then it's not really something to kind of trigger you and like same thing with the easter candy out right now like cadbury mini eggs are like my favorite thing in the world and i told my mom like if she's gonna buy a big bag of those we're gonna portion out like a certain amount and then she's gonna send them to work or we buy like the snack the snack bag or like i'll buy a smaller bag of candy by the um register because it just it needs to be like portioned. It needs to be controlled. And, um, you know, my refeeds are at night. So my glucose and my brain is gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, I'm definitely with you. I have to be on team ice cream as well. Um, I can't really yeah. even have it in the house, but, um, but yeah, it, the, the pints help a lot, um, for control. And so I'm three weeks post show so I have to have guns blazing right now so ice cream is really not an option for being in the house (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't trust my um ghrelin right now um I don't have as much leptin coming off of a show um so that's that satiety hormone and um yeah my ghrelin my hunger hormone is out of control um the hunger beast is real living here (laughs) (laughs) in the anger house so um so right now that's not an option to even have around. Like it's just, it's one of those things that I have to keep away. But, um, I do, I put a post recently on Instagram about, um, how peanut butter, how my relationship with that has changed a little bit. And, um, I, I find that if I do the, the Justin's or like the smooth operator, the little pouches that have the two tablespoons, um, that way I don't have to touch it. And so I'm not like doing any extra bites, licks or taste, but I can just have my little 
with my little baby spoon. I can have my little two tablespoons of PB um, twice a day and you know it's my little treat and it's definitely controlled. Um, if I want to save money and like have the bigger jar that's fine but I really have to have like my husband portion out my tablespoons and I have to freeze those so I slow down. Um, <laughs> it slows me down on eating those PV yeah. bites. Um, but yeah, I've, I've tried before to portion it out with like the tablespoon and I always end up, it gets on my hands and then I start licking it and yeah, it just, it's not, it's not setting me up for a, a good spot there. There's just certain foods that are like, they're just hard to like, <laughs> I don't know, like have some control over. So I think it's good to know what your trigger foods are and what like foods you crave the most and just have some parameters around them. Yeah. And so I think that there, there's two zones where you <laughs> both sides of the coin, if you're pretty close to a show, it's like the same thing. You have to really have those guns blazing and those factors set. And then like right after a show. So for me, Agreed. it's a little yeah. bit easier, like, if I'm prepping. Actually, it's really easy if I'm in prep for a show because I have, like, my eye on the prize. But, like, you were mentioning, right. you know, not everybody's that way. And some people struggle regardless. And I'm sure I did when I was first, you know, competing. But now um, it's definitely a lot easier during prep. Not to say that it's ever yeah. easy when you're when you're leaning out. But, right. um, but yeah. So that's one way to kind of um, combat and help um, help your self-control muscle. Um, if we're talking about busting through some plateaus, something, some recent practices that I've been doing um, is I've been sharing my fitness pal diaries with my clients and that way I can kind of go over with our weekly consults about, you know, what they've been eating. And then, um, another nice feature, if they have an Apple watch, which I've been loving recently is I'm sharing activity level with my clients on the Apple watch. So it, it pings me when they have a workout complete, but then I can also take a look at their steps and that's been really eye opening for me. Um, that piece of technology is something that I've recently been able to implement um in the past I've you know kind of talked with people about when I say neat let me let me preface this by what that means um non-exercise activity thermogenesis so the calories you're burning um like your steps your fidgeting standing versus sitting um the movements that when you're in prep um especially if your cardio is a little bit higher then you overcompensate and your body tries to get into homeostasis by slowing things down. So this non-exercise activity, your steps get lower, um, especially when calories are, you know, whittling down. So something that I've been looking at is the amount of steps that a competitor is doing. And it's actually been a great way and a great toggle switch for me to look at that first before I add cardio or before I cut calories Um I've been able to see some huge changes in clients just yeah. by kind of focusing on their steps. And so do you have anything to add on me um, when it comes to your athletes and how you train them? I can just say from personal experience, when you did that with me, that worked really well with my body, like versus doing like a bunch of cardio. 
just keeping track because like the body is so smart. Like it knows to, if you're not, if your calories are low and you know, like you're working hard in the gym, like your body knows to adjust. And I just remember <laughs> like that was one of my plateaus was that like I had slowed down so much in just my everyday life. And once we had started tracking that, it made such a big difference. And it was a good um, way for me to like burn extra calories without being like killing myself doing a bunch of cardio. Like I just remember I felt better. My body responded better. Um, You know, I still felt fatigued from being in prep, but I just felt better prepared and it did help a lot with like getting that progress. So yeah, it's much um, more manageable doing just like a 10 minute walk in the morning, 10 minute walk at night. Um, yeah. A lot of people find improved. Well, what we were talking about, you know, it's improved self-control because you're giving yourself that brain break. Um, yes. But you're also, I think that it aids in digestion. So I like to do it after a meal. Um, I typically do it after my breakfast, um, 10 minute walk. And then um, same with my my uh, dinner or afternoon um, snack like if I'm feeling lethargic it really not only supercharges me but it also really helps with my steps um, and so I've noticed yeah. that just you know if a competitor is in contest prep mode and they're dieting down for a show they really I mean in the off season I think people can get away with around eight to ten thousand but um, yeah if you want to really be consistent with your weight loss in a prep I think 13,000 to like even as upwards of like 15 to 16,000 if you really want to get mm-hmm. great results. And it's just a, it's an easier way than doing like crazy cardio or yeah. being on the starvation diet. I mean, everybody can walk, you know. That's just a life yeah. it's a life skill. So, um that has I've been starting to have that as like my number one toggle switch um because it's just an easy way to implement some good changes and going through a plateau. Yeah. I think that's been really good. I, my like wristband now will like vibrate every like 10 minutes before the hour. If I haven't like walked around enough and as much as it sometimes annoys me, <laughs> it definitely like, it's good. Cause it actually helps me psychologically as well. Just get up from my desk or get away from my computer, like give my eyes a break and my brain a break and, so mm-hmm. even if it's not breaking a plateau, it's just a good healthy habit to get up and walk around. Yeah. I Another good way to break through a plateau, and this is one that I've recently implemented as well, um, I found that I just – I don't think that I was burning as many calories as I thought I was in the gym. I had gotten into this kind of just habit type of – like I just went in there – and I don't know if it was just because I was prepping for a show that maybe I just didn't have as much energy, but I've noticed in this reverse that I've, first of all, taken a totally different approach. I've just completely switched up the types of sets and reps that I'm doing. Um, I am finding new soreness. <laughs> I cannot walk. Um, but I'm training with a different intensity. And I think sometimes we our bodies are always going to find that homeostasis. So you want to make sure that your, your rate of perceived exertion, you know, you're, you're actually pushing yourself. Um, if you do have cardio in your plan, that's another thing to kind of look at. Like, are you really pushing hard, uh, when you're lifting weights? Are you really trying to go for, 
the heavyweight and using full range of motion. Um, yeah, that's I realized a big they one. had been going like through the motions almost. I don't know yeah. if you've experienced something similar. Yeah, I actually have noticed that if I concentrate on the form, of, I mean, there's mirrors everywhere in a gym. So if you're looking at your form and making sure you're doing a full range of motion and you have that good like mind muscle connection and making sure you're activating the muscle. Um, I have noticed that like even even some cases I have to lower the weight to make sure that I can get the full range of motion and the full rep range in. And yeah, I definitely I'll be sore and I'll be like, I lifted less weight, but um like being mentally present in your workout and making sure that, you know, you're working hard and you're activating the muscle does make a difference. So I'd agree. Yeah. And I think another huge point of breaking through a plateau um, is measuring food. And I know I have some athletes that really do not like measuring food as because, um, and it's, it can be tedious. I mean, because some of the things that you'd be surprised that, for example, this morning I measured a half cup of oatmeal. Okay. You'd think that that was just like what the package said, half cup of oatmeal is X amount of calories. Well, I put it on my scale and in grams, it was off by a ton. And I think like if you go by cups or like half cups and things like that, things can be like smashed in or they can have air in between. So um, even with like eggs, if you crack an egg white, supposedly, you know, one egg white is equivalent to one ounce. But if you even measure out an egg white, it can vary a ton. Um, I've noticed the same thing with like breads, pitas. Are there any things that you've noticed that, um, I mean, because ultimately we talk about all these plateaus, but ultimately it's calories in versus calories out. So you can think that you're doing things. I had mentioned last week, you know, my quinoa. Um, even if you think that you're doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing and that you're tracking your macros equally, sometimes it's good to cross-reference. And so getting back to yeah. the, the diary thing and kind of looking at client diary logs, do you want to talk about about how even my fitness pal, <laughs> it's not always the most accurate? Um, yeah. So – yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's been like an eye opener using the scale to kind of measure a couple of things. And another big thing, people, a lot of people ask me is their proteins, like weighing them cooked versus uncooked, um, because there is a big difference in weight when the moisture's been cooked out of something. Um, that go for like veggies and all kinds of stuff. But um, I think the most important thing for that is when you're looking at your food diary or plugging things in, is making sure that you're specifying if it's cooked or raw to get um, more accurate counts. But I would say like nine times out of 10, the things that I am plugging in people's meal plans, I am doing like a product search and I'm looking online and trying to match the nutrition facts with anything within that app because people can plug in all kinds of food and put whatever they want in there Um And it can be, like, highly inaccurate. And so, like, I've even looked at, like, like governmental websites on, like, chicken breasts and chicken breasts cooked and to find out, like, 
the correct macros to kind of like plug in there. So I wouldn't always go from like the first thing that comes up. I wouldn't even believe that little green check mark that goes pat like next to the um, the label of whatever it is that you're plugging in there because I have put those green check mark things in my meal plan and they have been completely off. 100% so, agree with that. I've I don't even know how they get that. I guess yeah, you definitely need like, to check on Google that, that yeah. you know. And again, we're not talking about a general population here. Obviously, this is completely right. like ridiculously nitpicky. But if you're going for the prep life, <laughs> this is contest yeah. prep. And if you want the best physique, if you want to burst through that plateau, then these are some things that you're going to have to be comfortable with diving into if you're stuck. Right. Because ultimately, you're it is calories in versus calories out. Like the laws of thermodynamics, obviously, it's it's steady so there has to be yeah. something that's going wrong so if you've looked at your steps um and you're you're stuck in your weight then maybe you're you think that you're tracking something accurately but um with all good intentions it may not be and um I have a good example of one of my clients that um she kind of busted through one of these plateaus we we were working with her um her nutrition and her diary and kind of tweaking things and she was kind of stuck and um then she slowly started getting tighter and tighter um and I just knew she was going to have a huge drop um and she she had what I would call the whoosh effect um and I don't it's not super scientific but um basically she had started tracking more accurately and then um you know the scale was stuck, 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 and then boom, she lost two pounds. And so I think pictures are good too to kind of look at. So don't always have the scale as your indicator of whether or not you're stuck in a plateau. Um, because with that whoosh effect, supposedly the fat cells are kind of like filling with water. And then all of a sudden you have that big drop. Anything to add right. on that? Have you seen that before as well? Um, I have experienced it, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but, um, yeah, I think you have to really develop an eye for that, like noticing that whoosh effect. Um, but yeah, I can say like too, cause some people will ask, well, how, hopefully this plateau isn't like a long time. And I think everybody's duration of like how their body's going to work through it is different. So it's just a matter of sometimes being patient and being consistent, evaluating like all like aspects and just waiting like I know that's so annoying but sometimes that's just part of it it's a normal part the plateaus are a normal part yeah and some of it is I mean we've talked about this too you know with females especially I can see when someone's like premenstrual or like if they're constipated or um you know and sometimes that can just be like a huge breakthrough as well if they can just hang on um to their diets like while they're going through that hormonal shift um, because they're the scale can kind of be stuck for a while and then um, when those things happen then it then they kind of have like a big drop as well yeah absolutely yeah water retention happens like with stress or hormones or lack of sleep all those things so as females too I feel like we experience more of those fluctuations Um, and sometimes more of those plateaus because of the cycle that our body goes through every month. So yeah, it's just a matter of, I think being patient, realizing that 
you're not doing any, like, if you're doing everything right, there's no reason to be, like, hard on yourself or, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, you know, like, analyze efficiently, but then, um, you know, if you've checked all the boxes, then just, you know, be, like, wait for it, communicate with your coach, like, it will happen. I think sometimes people feel like they're doing something wrong when they, they're in a plateau for too long. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it it's it's not that you're trying to do something wrong, but maybe you just don't realize. So that's why it's good right. to have good communication with your coach. You can troubleshoot and kind of work through some of those things. And if you truly are stuck, you know, maybe some carb cycling, uh, refeeding, some calorie cycling, uh, things to just kind of stimulate the metabolism a little bit to get you out of that rut. Um, you'll maybe find that your weight jumps up a little bit. But it's like taking one, um, like one step back to take two steps forward sometimes, because then yeah. sometimes after that big bump and refeed, it's just it it does something with obviously mentally and physically. Um, sometimes your body can just be under so much stress that it's creating cortisol, and then you give somebody a nice refeed and they kind of relax and enjoy themselves, and then they have another big drop. So, um, right, exactly. So just some things to to think about when you are thinking about um, trying to get through a plateau. So anything to add before we sign off, Chris? Um, the only thing I wanted to mention is that everybody has plateaus that they'll find, like, during your prep, you'll have plateaus at different points in your weight loss journey. So um, they're, like, never really consistent. I know, like, for me and my personal experience, like, I was able to lose weight up to like a certain point um, and like have it be pretty much consistent. And then there were these like five pound like sticking points that just kept happening after that, that like after I hit 130, there were five pound sticking points going forward. So like every time I needed to like break that last five pounds, it was like, I was stuck and I was stuck like sometimes for like a few weeks and then all of a sudden like it would just drop and um and then again like the next five pounds would be like the same thing so I think just understanding that everybody's body is going to do something different and you learn about your your metabolism in your body when you're going through that prep and knowing like okay if you're hitting a plateau like you can break it just like hold on and then don't be surprised if later on, you know, you hit another one. Like don't get discouraged that when you are getting like competition lean, like these plateaus are like signals that you are getting to that point. So it's actually a, a good thing if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. And as long as you give yourself enough time, um, you know, if you're reverse engineering your goal um, and if you're a seasoned competitor, especially, we all kind of know what our set weight point is and then that weight that it's like okay and now I'm into the uncomfortable and things start to right. slow down at the end um but remember it's just an average of about a pound a week so there may be some weeks that you lose two there may be some that you lose none but um it's averaging and out and giving yourself enough time so that you're able to um kind of work through some of those sticking points and um and troubleshoot so that you're coming in for a show feeling confident and lean in enough time that peak week is not just trying to beat the buzzer that we're, we're going into it confident and 
right. ready for that competition. So Yeah, and give yourself like small wins too. If the scale's not being not giving you the feedback that you're looking for, like that's why I utilize that calendar strategy is like writing a hundred percent on the day where I followed my meal plan and my workout like to a T. Like that is like a small win of like I completed and I did what I was supposed to rather than waiting for the scale to let you know that you've won or failed. Yeah, um, something that you're in control of. Maybe it's just adding right. a thousand steps per day um, yeah. on your watch or, um, you know, just small chunk goals so that you prevent that discouragement so that you're you're feeling a daily win that, okay, well, I did a little bit more than I did yesterday uh, by adding this extra thousand steps or I added a 10-minute walk at night um, and then next week I'm going to add a 10-minute walk in the morning. Um, just little things that you can handle for the week, but you feel like you've, even if that scale is not giving you that feedback that you want, you're getting the feedback because you, you're doing what you can control in that situation and make it better. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So um, with that being said, we are out of time, but I do want to um, mention the fact that we are not allowed to put the episode number on the um the top of the title. So this one is 31. Um, and we are a non-funded podcast. So, um, if you like this episode and you feel like it brought you value, please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes. That is the way that other people can find us, um, that are interested in the same type of things. Um, we do this podcast, because we want to help other people uh, grow in the sport of bodybuilding. And so we would so appreciate it if you left us a five-star review. Um, that'll just help other people with the same type of interest that you have um, find us. So look for us on Instagram. We are at Prep Life Podcast. Please um, let us know how we are doing um, there too. If there's any topics that you would like for us to cover. So signing off, this is Amy Enger, founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini with my co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.